In the sports talk radio justice world, mediocre quarterback play and porous tackling are considered especially heinous. On the Lance J Show, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad at Paragon 7 Studios. These are their stories. Great to have you on the show. Um, great to kind of kick off. It was a beautiful day. It's a little windy up here, but a uh, beautiful day here in, in Nashville. Uh, tell us about what's going on with Match Foundation in Chicago, man. I, I know that you guys have been making some moves and, and working towards some grants. Tell us about Match Foundation and, and shout out, call out some of the people that are really get yeah. involved in that. And, and I'm, I'm glad you teed that up because we are we're on the verge of doing something very monumental. Nice. You know, the, the, the backbone of our grant applications at State of Illinois is we are community based. All right. And so we have we've spent the last year reaching out to existing community based organizations to okay. partner up to deliver this healthcare. Uh, it's integrated healthcare product that is that is going to be effective in reversing health inequities. Okay. And so we we um, we're not this this is not the government coming to your neighborhood to say we're checking blood pressure. Right. Uh, this is not a major hospital system coming to your neighbor to say go to see your doctor. This right. is your community. Uh, the NAACP is partnering with us. Uh, uh, the Church of God in Crisis partnering with us. Nice. I've had conversations all week with other smaller well, we've organizations. Talked, we've talked for years, seemingly, about how the local pastor and the local your your local leader is so important in your healthcare journey. Even though they don't have healthcare background, if, if yeah. your local pastor promotes physical health, mental health, uh, a person will be more likely to engage in activities mm-hmm. that promote physical and mental health. Yeah. So I'll, I'll probably have about 20 organizations by That's the time nice, we're man. done partnered uh, arm in arm. That's nice. Uh, talking with a organization. Well, U.S. Hunger we're talking to. Right. Yep. Uh, found a great organization called My Own Doctor that does uh, virtual care for, for particularly for black Americans. Okay. Uh, talking to them this, this it's afternoon. Like telehealth. Yes. All right. Yeah. 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 All right. So still still talking with them. And. And, and yeah, like like I said, it's the backbone is this community-based organization, and then what we're delivering is integrated care. So a nurse, you don't have to change your doctor. Okay, you've heard that before. It's uh, very important. People it's don't very important. That. You don't have to change the, your doctor. This is a Medicare, nurse yeah. that comes in in the middle and Got helps it. you understand what your doctor has said, wow. and helps the doctor understand your current situation. When you okay. go to your doctor, you what do you get? Fifteen minutes? Right. They're just pulling a lab. That's not enough to go through who you live with, your job situation, your health equity stuff at all. Exactly, exactly. They just want to know: is your blood sugar here? They don't know social determinants of health. Is your triglycerides here? Right. So I want a nurse to come in and say, "Hey, you know, I've been talking to James Lewis, right? And did you know, you know, he doesn't have anybody at home to help him with these meds? Can we put him on something different? Right. That's that's what we want to do. Nah, that's that's so phenomenal, and and we're really part of the reason that that we launched this mobile unit. I wanted to get out in the streets more. I wanted to get more mobile. I wanted to be able to get to to more conferences and talk to more people like you. I mean, kind of imagine Isaac pulling up at Cigna with this, or pulling up at Blue Cross. You know, mm-hmm. getting someone to come down to Paragon Seven Studios is one thing, but to be able to pull up mm-hmm. and just interview somebody in front of the building is another element. We want to really continue to to rally around health equity. 
I think that that's really where the show is going, and and you know people like John Gorman that are getting involved with the show, and and some of the sponsors that are really getting involved and in investing in the show. Even Urban One is very interested, especially in the D.C. market, especially in the Houston, Atlanta market. Some of their very large cities that have an African American cohort that we know are susceptible to diabetes, to oncology, to to heart failure, to COPD, and to COVID-19. Health equity is going to be such a valuable component of, of media moving forward, in my opinion. Um, you're really starting to see companies that are making investment in health equity. You're on, the, you're on the hospital side, but on the payer side, you have health plans that are actually starting to put health equity programs as part of their OTC benefit packages. So that members, if they want to get a box of food from U.S. Hunger, or they want to get a box of food from another company, or they want to get some some specifics people are, are are funneling more money so people can get more test strips for diabetes and things like that and to have individuals like you that are leading in large markets like chicago i just think it's it's, it's very very important because we need that and, yeah. and we need it doesn't happen what i'm learning isaac and curious of your thoughts the deeper i get into healthcare and the deeper i get into my own consulting practice i'm learning that we can't do this alone. Like one hospital system, they can have great care management and they can have great, they can have the best orthopedic surgeon in town and the best anesthesiology group in town. But you're not core competent at health equity programs. So you need a, you need a Rick Witted at US Hunger to deliver mm-hmm. food boxes. And then you're not competent at broadband internet access. So you need to work with Xfinity or you need to work with a local cable carrier so that if someone is being monitored for heart failure or diabetes, you can't use those devices without the internet, right? If my blood sugar is 400, I need the person monitoring me on the dial to know that it's 400 so they can call me and say, hey, Mr. Lewis, your blood sugar shot up or we noticed that you, that you gained eight pounds of fluid over the weekend. What's going on? Do you need to come in? Do we need to send an ambulance? We've got to all work on this together, man. Yeah. It's, the, it's, the, it's the hospital system, the payer. You got to have transportation benefits. You got to be able to Uber and lift someone so they can get to their doctor. And what we're seeing is more of a, a conglomeration, people really working together as opposed to us all looking at the pie and figuring out what market share we can get. I've seen much more alliances, especially in a post-COVID society where people are turning into more telehealth. And instead of getting people to come to the doctor physically, we're investing in all of these other programs where healthcare comes to you and makes you healthier where you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that back up because uh, I forgot two major sponsors we've got with Match. One is Healthcare Council of Illinois, right. who represents nursing homes all over the the, the, the state of Illinois, and also uh, Premier Health Network, which is the okay. only Black-owned urgent care on Southside Chicago. Okay, uh, major sponsors. I mean, we we'd be nowhere without them. But those are two key elements to this puzzle that we're putting together: long-term care, right. urgent care, where that that we can send patients to and answer questions mm-hmm. about. What do I do if, well, we've got this urgent care. What do I do with grandma? Well, long-term care. And so, so many people in the community just don't know right. these assets that are in the community. And that's what we want to unlock for them. But you're, you're absolutely right. It is, it takes a collaborative. It takes the entire community working together. Churches, we already talked about churches, right. as well as healthcare, uh, as well as uh, civic organizations to, to solve this. Nah, uh, what what would you say, how are things going have you seen, has there been any shift in Chicago? I, mean, I know that, that some of the cities during the COVID time, 
crime went down and, and people really invested in some of these programs. Some cities are even worse off than they were before COVID. What's kind of the, the, the tenor and the culture in, in Chicago? Are things getting better? Are things getting worse? Is just kind of the same? It's just kind of the same. Right. Uh, and especially we're very worried about crime. Right. Be, be because it's I mean, those are our communities right. and we don't see much from the, the powers that be to change the infrastructure and mm -hmm. on how crime is, is dealt with. Uh, and so our approach has been, you know, we can't change the CPD, Chicago right. Police Department. We can't change the Chicago Police. We can't change the mayor's office. Right. But what we can do is teach our young people how to uh, to prevent violence okay. how to make better decisions how to talk through what, what's going on how okay. to get better options so i was talking with a group that we were thinking about partnering with this week called the uh black fire brigade okay and what they do is go out south side of chicago and they teach they teach students to be emts and, oh, and wow, firemen nice. and it, it's all under the guise of Give them something constructive right. to work so on. They vice, get a career a in the lord, process. You could be a vice lord or you could be a fireman. Exactly. <laughs> your, your exactly. Call, right? yeah. Exactly. You got it's 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 no different than give them a basketball to play with after school. Right. Keeps keeps their mind busy, keeps their hands busy, and and in the process they get a career out well, of it. Well you get a career out of it, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that about you, Isaac, because you know, I always talk about this ivory tower concept that most of the executives, people that are you know, CEOs, they don't want to. They don't want to get off the twentieth floor. They don't. They don't want to come down and come to the community. And I think that for this thing to happen, like it needs to happen, we've got to have more community engagement, and we've got to have people that are of prominence that have built some wealth for themselves and, and have cachet and have political capital. But you got to actually be able to get out your office, come down to the streets, <laughs> and have the conversation. Man, you having that conversation? I'm, I'm gonna have a guy on, and, and I, I want him to tell his story. But he is a doctor. Okay. And, and so I won't give too many uh, key elements. Okay. But he told me this week, he said, Isaac, I, I, I could have taken a much more lucrative job. Right. He's working, he's working in the city. Wow. Uh, and and the, the pay cut he is experiencing is phenomenal. I'm sure. But he said, I grew up here. I live here. Wow. I owe this to my community. So not only does he do doctor work during the day, but he's got all these programs that he's teaching kids about healthcare and, right. and, and how to treat their own family. I, I'm gonna cut it off there. I'm gonna have him on the show. He's an amazing guy. Can't well, wait for you to meet him. Well, it's funny that you say that because I think both you and I have made career path changes mm -hmm. in the last, even before COVID and, and especially seeing things after COVID. Um, you know, I was kind of on track to be where you were. I was really trying to, that next role was going to be a, a, a C-suite, a president, uh, a Medicare line of business president role. And I know that you've been a CEO at multiple hospital systems and have been to the galas and, and probably played golf with people that you didn't want to play golf with and, <laughs> and, and, and had to present your, your beautiful family and, and just that lifestyle where it's not just the, you know, being a, being a elite level executive is a 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. job mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there 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 are no as i've explained that to people and i'm just at the vp level all of the galas that i had to go to on friday nights and saturday nights after i worked 80 hours that week and this is like i gotta put on a tux and i gotta go to a gala on a friday night and be there at seven and be there till midnight and talk to a bunch of people that you know i haven't had any sleep and you have to do those things. You have to build relationships. Everything's about relationship building. And I think that you've made changes in your career, which have allowed you to be president of Match Foundation. 
you know, I would assume that if you were still a CEO in the Advent Health System or down in Shreveport in the Christmas System, you would not have the time to actually start your own foundation. Mm-hmm. And um, this gives you time to do so many more granular things. You know, having my own healthcare media company has allowed me to get into doors that I wouldn't have got into as a Blue Cross representative because I'm neutral. So I'm not just working with Blue Cross. I can work with Cigna. I can work with different systems around the country. So I just, I just think that, and this is a great segue because I want your opinion. You know, I'm really getting into the corporate side. A lot of people DM me corporate questions. I try to share some of my experience uh, being someone that, you know, is 37, a VP, only black person in the room, one of the few VPs in the Blue Cross system that was that young, the only black one, um, and trying to navigate through the politics mm-hmm. and learning about learning about uh, emotional intelligence, not just being the, trying to be the smartest person in the room, but, but learning to lead effectively. We have this great resignation. People are, people are quitting their jobs. And what I'm seeing, Isaac, People aren't quitting so they get on welfare. Like people are, people are forming their own LLCs. <laughs> people are deciding that, hey, I don't want to work for somebody else. I'm willing, you know, I've already taken hits financially because of COVID. I've lost loved ones because of COVID. I was at home on lockdown and miserable because of COVID. I might as well start my own plumbing business. You are listening to the Lunch J Radio Network. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Okay, well, check this out. They were doing the premiere of Private Parts at Madison Square Garden. And, and as I was going to the premiere, I see Donald Trump on the corner of 31st Street and 8th Avenue by the garden. I walked over to him, I said, with excitement, hey, how you doing, Mr. Trump? He looks down at me and says, not now. I said, wow. but my name is Flavor Flake. He said, not now. James Lewis. I said to him, yo, I'm the one that gave your son Donald the autograph in, in the planet Hollywood. He said, good for you, good for you. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.